0: welcome to yet another installment of real beasts we've got an action-packed episode for y'all today my name is david i'm here with my co-host ben ben how you doing
1: i'm doing great david how are you doing
0: i'm doing also good a little overwhelmed i've started grad school although not a phd program like you're doing so i don't know that you're the man that i can complain to about so what do you do in grad
1: school and tell our listeners?
0: Uh, that's true. Okay. Uh, a little update for our listeners. I am seeking a master's in occupational therapy. Um, for those of you with questions about what that is, join the club. One of the interesting things about OT is that all of my professors so far, we've been in class for like two weeks. A lot of my professors have asked us to define OT because it's such a difficult thing to define. So it's a nebulous, uh, strange career, but it's helping people with rehabilitation if they have injuries or uh, helping uh, neurological development for people with disabilities or early learners. Um, It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be interesting, but it's a hell of a lot of work and a lot of reading. So Ben, you and I have to get more (laughs) disciplined with our scheduling. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But also, that will be good because I have a damn good time recording these episodes with you.
1: Me too. And I've got to say that your mustache is looking particularly magnificent today. Oh,
0: why, thank you. Uh, uh, For those of you at home, you can't actually see it right now. I shaved the, well, I should say I trimmed the corners of the handlebar off because (laughs) Now that I am in class at San Jose State every day, I have to wear a mask because it's their right now, their policy is masks indoors for all, all the classes. And I realized, wax or not, wearing a mask all day means you will have droopy mustache. So I cut <laughs> the sides off so that it will be easy to regrow when Hall- Halloween uh, begs me to become a pirate again. Um, but for the time being, it's just a standard little. Um, 70s cops dash act kind of right now,
1: but um, yeah. thank you for noticing, Ben. I appreciate that, <laughs> no problem, David. Okay, on Real Beast podcasts, we have a job to do, and that job, job. is to survey the world of prehistoric animal related media and provide you the best reviews and analysis and discussion. And today, we went straight to the top of the pile. Hell yeah. The most highbrow film we've seen so far, <laughs> 2017's comedy horror extravaganza, The Velocipaster.
0: That's right. Now, if you're wondering if this was a big budget movie that you just missed, uh, it it certainly was not. I don't think... Well, there was a trailer. This is how you introduced me to this movie. There There is a trailer that exists, uh, but I didn't see it when this came out. <laughs>
1: I think that the person who informed me that this movie existed was our old friend Aya. Oh my gosh, really? Well, That's how I learned about it.
0: Well, well thank you, a uh, friend of the podcast, Aya, for, for recommending this movie because it's honestly a revelation. The Velocipaster, well, uh, I watched it on, on Amazon Prime. You can watch it there with ads. There are ads placed at several points throughout the movie. Um, it's a damn good time. This is the lowest of low budget movies. It is I like I I'm the budget was to even lower than this. my
1: yeah the budget was <laughs> lower than my informal science education salary. <laughs> so that's how low we're talking for this movie.
0: Yeah, the Velocipaster. I looked it up. It was written, directed, and edited by Brendan Steer, who who also wrote another uh like horror movie in twenty thirteen called animosity um when I've I've also never heard of that. But this movie apparently he started it or he got the idea from
1: was it autocorrect? I that I I ran across that somewhere. I don't know if that's real or not, but even if it isn't, we're gonna go with it's it because that's the vibe of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, before we Yeah,
0: that's a good way of putting it <laughs>
1: Before we continue, perhaps a unusual type of content warning in the sense that this movie completely takes the piss out of the Catholic Church. No, oh, that's a good point. And just the entire <laughs> decades of the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. yeah, in all of its cultural strangeness. It actually,
0: we didn't know it watching the movie. Because it's not really easy to tell, but no. Ben found after finishing this movie, he found an interview where the director said it's supposed to occur in the 1970s. Um, which the, we can talk about it. There are a couple of things that could be clues to that, but it really is not. It's not clearly. It's, it's not super set in clear. In the 70s.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, as you mentioned, there are no cell phones, so perhaps that does. Yeah. Tip things into that being more reasonable. Yeah. But shall we attempt to do our 10 minutes or so synopsis of what happens in The Velocipaster?
0: Yeah. You know, for a movie that's about, what is it? I think an hour and 15 minutes, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot that happens. I think it's harder to explain this movie than it is to explain something like 10,000 BC. Yeah. Just because it's weirder and you... And I want to describe everything because it was so funny and absurd. It's true. But yeah, ten minutes. Let's talk about this. The pastor In short, what is
1: the uh, what is the opening disclaimer that happens after the, oh in the first God. scenes of the credits, David? I
0: wrote it down because it was so spectacular. <laughs> so the movie starts, or it doesn't even start yet. It's just you know over black, black screen, and then it just goes rated X, and then waits a beat. And then after that, underneath rated X, it pops up some some words that says, by an all-Christian jury. <laughs> 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 Which just instantly I was like, okay, this movie is campy as shit. It's it has no respect for nobody. And it's it's some, it's in in the vein of your classic B movies. We often talk about B movies as being shitty. But B-movies can be really good movies. They just are yeah. low budget. And so they appear uh, j- uh, different <laughs> from yeah. a big budget feature film, like by a studi- big studio or something like that. But I, we've talked a lot about B-movies and shitty movies in the past on this podcast, but I, I, I want to set the record straight. There can be excellent, even perfect movies that are considered B-movies. They do exist. And I would argue that this is one of them. It's so funny.
1: It is very funny. It Uh, starts with a Catholic priest named Doug, Doug Jones. Doug Jones. And he just emerges from his church to say hello to his parents when they apparently catch on fire in their car or near their car. And... (laughs) immediately they are gone at the very start of this film, Mm -hmm. but the cameras cut away from where the car is supposed to be. And it just says VFX for car on fire. Yep. Like (laughs) instead of showing it.
0: Yeah. There's literally it. They show a shot of parents standing by the car waving towards camera, which, you know, the priest is supposed to be camera. So they're looking at him waving and then suddenly it cuts back to the priest And lights flash, and he gets thrown back. And then he looks back, and where the parents in the car had been is now just text on screen that says (laughs) VFX car on fire. I, Ben, I fucking love it. I fucking love it so much. (laughs) This is how you take $35,000 and make a movie. It is so... They're just leaning into the fact that they had no money to do VFX because, I mean, what else can you do?
1: Yeah, it's It's ridiculous. But that set things off on the tone where I was like, oh, I see where this is going. It's not even going to try, unlike 100 million BC, which I feel like actually tried. But because they're not trying to do that, it just makes every. It just lifts a weight off of their shoulders that just makes everything so much more breezy. Mm -hmm. So he is, of course, devastated that his parents just emulated Blew in up. front of yeah, his eyes
0: It's unclear what actually happened to them but they're dead
1: yeah pretty unclear <laughs> but they're no longer around and he has like a mentor in the church father Stuart. yes and father Stuart is consoling him and he's like and doug is saying like why why what kind of god would do this you know why would god do this and he's like oh god has a plan for everything you know all that stuff but then he suggests to doug that he goes and travels and goes somewhere where he doesn't think even God would go because if he still finds God there, you know, that means that God's really present within him or something along those lines. Yeah. There's something
0: like actually kind of like religiously, like the, the logic is sound like there, it's not just bullshit. There is a, they sort of explain it as like, no, this is a good trip for you. You've lost something and go, which was mm -hmm. one of the things where I realized like, this is not, a lazily written movie this movie intentionally is silly and i actually got like an austin powers kind of vibe a little bit because it's just leaning into the absurdity but it isn't well i was gonna say it isn't cheap it is cheap there's no money for this movie but it's not taking cheap shots and doing things for no reason that it doesn't explain mostly. Yeah, you could
1: (laughs) argue that the reasons they have for making certain decisions are silly or even wrong, but there is thought behind it. Right. And that sort of like elevates it into this different tier of super cheap B-movie where it's like you get these glimpses as you're watching just ridiculous things happen on screen that they actually know what they're doing yeah. in making this film. Totally. And that's that's the thing that it, it was really surprising and hilarious yeah. at times.
0: There's actually a moment, the moment we're talking about right now where Father Stewart and... Is, is he Father Doug? I don't know if he's like a full-fledged priest yet or if he's still like a... Lear- Do you need a learner's permit don't, to become yeah, a priest? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not it's the like, guy to ask. definitely like a mentor-mentee situation where yes, Father definitely. Stewart's like the older... And Father
1: Stewart has a just total side note because we were talking about mustaches. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, the right side of his mustache <laughs> droops farther than the left, and I just thought that that was perfect.
0: It's so, it's so funny. That's the thing. There are all these things that look like nobody thought about it. In this movie, I think they thought about everything. I think they really did. Every choice, I think, matters to this movie, which is why I had so much fun with it. Um, but in this scene... Uh, a, a moment to, to kind of uh characterize this this depth of thought in the filmmaking process for this movie that is clear is they have this moment where Father Stewart and Doug are sitting there and Doug is grieving at one point he's like, Why God? why would God and he's just like sobbing yeah. over the death of his parents. It's great cinema um
1: oh, I forgot that it opens he's giving a little bit of a he's giving a
0: a little soliloquy about
1: uh, a soliloquy about the book of Job at the beginning. Yeah. Right before he loses his parents. So Mm -hmm. anyway, forgot to mention that.
0: But he, uh, in this moment with father Stewart, father Stewart's consoling him. It's when he talks about, Hey, maybe you should travel. Um, on screen, you see father Stewart and Doug sitting there and the camera kind of pans back. And in the empty space on either side of that. So they're in the middle of our screen. There's Mm -hmm. empty space on either side. And then a, uh, a, I think it's probably a split diopter close-ups of each of their faces shows up. So on screen, you can see going from left to right, you can see close-up face of Father Stewart, and then the mid-shot of Father Stewart and Doug sitting on the, on the, in the church. And then on the far right, a super close-up of Doug's face. And so you can see all this. So you can see their faces. You can see them in the middle talking to each other. And as they're speaking, you can see the close-up speaking and the mid-shot right behind them of them speaking. And it was perfectly uh, choreographed. So, like, the the people in the mid-shot speak and the close-up speak. And that's not an easy thing to do because you're capturing all three of those different shots at different times and maybe different places. But to put it all together and have it all flow perfectly and everyone's mouths are moving at the same time as in these different shots, like that takes actual filmmaking skill. And I like this is what four minutes into the movie. And I was like, OK, this is this is on another level. Like, yeah, it's silly. Yeah, it looks bad, but only because it's cheap. It's not like a, a not well thought out movie. And I was just like that. Is impressive. I love it, David.
1: I never would have noticed that in a million years.
0: Yeah, that's the so kind of thing. Where thank it's you like,
1: for pointing that out.
0: If you know a little bit about filmmaking, suddenly even B movies are like, well, that was a that was complete. It's like the the um, the movie we watched Carnosaur. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one woman's acting was like a revelation in the midst of all the bullshit that that movie was.
1: <laughs> yeah, So, yeah,
0: and that's what this movie feels like. It's like it's written. And designed better than it actually plays out, because <laughs> they didn't have the money to do it justice. I, I would but yeah,
1: yeah. But when there's an opportunity to <laughs> use the tools at their disposal, well, they take it most of the time. Exactly, which is yeah. kind of cool. Which is, yeah, and then, it's just great to see. <laughs> okay, so we will. I'll probably abandon the idea of a ten-minute synopsis because I feel like there's so much, as you mentioned, know, so much going on. I just ruined it with that. The I best laid plans. It's always our plan to do that and then it never happens and then we're I'm just not gonna fight it because they arrive in he arrives in China and it's just like some forest in freaking probably like in just Oregon or something. Yeah. Like I don't know. It just does (laughs) it's just walking through a forest and it on the screen it says China. And then he just goes
0: China. Yeah. And also like silly. (laughs) That's
1: the place that he picked where like God wouldn't go. (laughs) <laughs> I know it's <laughs> and it's like okay
0: weird. the other thing that I love is is there's a moment after he has this conversation with Father Stewart and then it's like clear okay he's gonna go to China but then there's a montage where we see the you know the credits rolling you know we see the intro the title Pastor we see the act you know that kind of stuff the intro credits and the whole time we're watching the intro credits he's driving And Mm -hmm. then suddenly, at the end of the credits, he's in China. So I was like, "Did he just drive to China? He was never. They never show him on a plane or anything. He's just driving a car, and then he's apparently in China. If if
1: anyone could do it, it it would be Doug.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's because okay,
1: he arrives in China and walks around for about three seconds. Then you hear commotion. There's a different shot that shows somebody shooting an arrow at a woman who gets absolutely impaled by this arrow right in the midriff in the chest. He's only been in
0: China for like seconds at this point. Yeah,
1: he had just driven to China, He got out of his car, walked around, and then this woman just runs straight to him, falls onto the ground dying, and is trying to warn him about this artifact that she has in her hand, saying to destroy it because, you know— these folks with bows and arrows are going to come after you. Right. And he doesn't understand. So he just takes it. And as he sees one of the folks who, one of the killers come over, who is sort of in Halloween ninja garb. Yeah. A lot of the costumes his bow, in this
0: movie look like they were bought at spirit Halloween. Yes, and that's it makes it better actually, (laughs) I think. It's great. It's It's so funny.
1: He like I don't even know what happens, but he grips the artifact really hard, which and what it is is it's a it's a model T Rex tooth. Yeah. Because I have the same one.
0: Oh my god, do you really?
1: I don't have it here, but I have that. It looks
0: like those, um what was that company that did the model like bone clones? It looked like
1: a bone clone. That's literally, t-rex it's literally just one of those. Like, it's yeah. just like a plastic model of a T-Rex tooth. And he, it's like, so grips funny. it really hard, and it slashes his hand. And then he's just like, oh, 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 and it, like, you know, he's having some weird kind of DNA fusion with whatever is going on in this yeah, artifact. Yeah.
0: There's some fun editing and, like, flashes of something going on. and then And then he wakes up back in the U.S., doesn't he?
1: Yeah, he wakes up in with the Father U.S. Stewart. and then- Father Stewart's like, another nightmare. And it's like, okay. It seems like, did that really happen? What's going on? How did he get back to America? What happened to the person who was about to shoot an arrow at him? Yeah. Did that just just, not matter?
0: We're moving on. This movie moves quickly, which is a good thing for this movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So he continues to have nightmares. He wakes up, and, you know, Father Stewart's like, oh, you must be hungry. And he's like, hungry, yeah. <laughs> hungry, hungry, hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's it's so ridiculous. Who's and now it's dude? time to meet a couple of new characters.
0: A couple of new characters. Oh my gosh. This is one of my favorite moments of the movie. So we, uh-oh. My dog needs to go outside. One second, Ben. I'm okay, sorry. no problem. <laughs>
1: Not a problem.
0: Internet's out of town at a bachelorette party, so I'm a single dad this weekend.
1: Oh, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> I was just, uh, I was like, oh, maybe I should fill this this airtime with something. And I was like, what should I say? And then I was like, you see, nobody would have expected that. David Morrow would suddenly would suddenly jump out of a moving podcast. <laughs> now I'm in here by myself, uh, uh, talking to myself. That that's chaos theory.
0: I I was just wondering how many people would catch that quote, but I suspect that for listeners of Real Beasts, at least ninety percent would. I hope so. Know it. If
1: we've done our job.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: But it's time to meet a couple of new characters. Yeah. There is a sex worker named Carol, mm-hmm. and her pimp named Frankie Mermaid. (laughs) Yeah,
0: He's a spectacular character. He's he's one of the best written characters in the whole movie. We don't see him a whole lot, but he is just out of the gates insane. You know, I gotta say, give credit to these actors in this movie because everyone across the board plays this straight. They're just like, what's the story? Uh, A priest turns into a velociraptor? Uh, okay, no problem. And they read it like dramatically. It's just very interesting. Everyone really does a good job in this. It's so. Absurd. Frankie
1: Mermaid is incredible. <laughs> he, so he has long greasy hair and wears a hat and he's always smoking. Mm-hmm. And then he takes off his hat, and the hilarious part is I can see that he shaved his head in the middle so he'd be bald on top, but then they strung a few strands of hair to get like the barcode comb-over going on on top of his head. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, this dude has a waterbed for sure. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: And why is he called Frankie Mermaid?
0: I was just going to say, he mentions to uh, Carol, who it it appears that she's a sex worker in his employ. I'm sure there's a different way to put that. Um, he asks her, "Why do they call me Frankie Mermaid?" and she like responds like she, he's made her say this a million times. He's like cuz he's swimming it cuz you're swimming in bitches or something like that. It's so fucking funny. It's so absurd. I, I love it. But and anyway, and he tells
1: her to go turn tricks, you know, go go find a place where what place are you going to pick tonight? And she says the park. I guess that's where, like, and he's like, "Yes, the park." Yeah. Like, okay. I don't know why it's like that. <laughs> like that's where wild, all the Johns but go. <laughs> like, yeah. So the park to the park they go, and Doug, who's been having these nightmares and he's waking up with sweats and stuff, he kind of like I don't actually remember how he gets to the park, I think but I think he... he's just on a bit of a of a rampage because he's starting to he's starting to get all weird and dinosaury.
0: Yeah, he's he's having like the dino sweats where he's like waking up and like feverish and he just sort of like
1: Yeah, it's like the meat sweats but it's even worse. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> he's like kind of in like a fever dream like wandering around and I think he just ends up at the park.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so right uh, yeah. at the park there is some dastardly doer who comes over and I guess is trying to attack Carol.
0: Yeah. It's it it happens very suddenly. Which a lot of things happen in this movie very suddenly, where the tr- there aren't very many transitions. It just is like, well, now we're over here. Now we're in China. Now we're back. Now this is happening. Now Carol's getting accosted in the park at night.
1: Yeah, then, but at gunpoint. At gunpoint, and and like I think he asked for money, which he doesn't have. Um, but anyway, he's still yeah. threatening her, and then suddenly. He's attacked by Doug the Velociraptor version of himself in like a papier-mâché costume, basically. It's
0: incredible. But you don't really see it, which, again, this movie, to its credit, understands even in a movie like this, you still got to go the Jaws way and not show the full dinosaur until the very end of the movie. It looks
1: kind of like the scene at the opening of Jurassic Park where you see the raptor's head in the inside of the little cage. Yeah. But you can't really get a
0: good look at it.
1: Yeah. It's like cutting to the side views and claws and teeth and a lot of spurting blood effects. That's the one thing they definitely didn't skimp on at party America. And it was like, you know, he just eviscerates this, this person. And then the next thing is he wakes up in the morning in Carol's bed.
0: Yeah. A priest in a sex worker's bed. This movie really Uh-oh. does have no respect for anything. Yeah,
1: they're really, really pushing it here. Yeah. And-
0: a side note, though. Before before he wakes up the next morning, there is a moment where Carol sees him as the dinosaur eating this guy that attacked her, mm. and you just see a, a straight-up mannequin head roll back by yeah. Carol. <laughs> yeah. And they, d- there's no... Way to hide it! They don't even try, and I, no, I give even them try. credit for that because it's very fucking funny to it, see a very sudden mannequin head like out of a fucking mall. <laughs> just, yeah, like, it looks
1: like a, it looks like Buster from MythBusters. If you've seen any MythBusters episode, <laughs> yeah, it it's does. like a totally like naked mannequin head with just yeah. zero attempts. <laughs> There's yeah. no
0: eyes or yeah, it's so it's so it's good. really it's hilarious. So, so anyway, so he- Father Doug wakes up but doesn't remember the night before and so and they actually again this is the writing in this movie is very clever they have this back and forth between carol and the priest and carol is talking about last night like that was so crazy and he's like oh my god it happened last night and she's like yeah and he's like Oh no. Well, obviously it can't happen again. I'm a priest and she's like, it can't happen again. Like, what? And it, it, clearly he thinks they had sex. She's talking about whatever. And they I'm have turning this into moment. a dinosaur. Yeah, and they have this moment. I actually wrote down the line she says because he goes, "Wait, what are you talking about?" And she's like or she says, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "That time you turned into a dinosaur and ate someone." She's literally that's her line. And it's so <laughs> funny. It's so brilliant. And then he is like relieved. Cause like, Oh good. I took a vow of whatever chastity to be a priest. It's so fucking funny. It's so ridiculous. I loved it.
1: And then he, upon realizing that he, you know, apparently ripped somebody to shreds there. Um She says that she can show him the body. Yeah so then he like walks her over he's like but i don't have anything to wear he's totally naked and she just gives him like it just cuts to them in the woods again and he's just wearing one of her dresses yeah. which is awesome
0: it's great there's all these little gags and like silly just absurd nonsensical things that happen that it's just it's so fun there's also and a he's, moment. so
1: he is supposed to be naked but as he's running around the woods you can clearly see his it's like Underwear yeah, sticking like out, shorts past, or something underneath. Yeah, like it's so, yeah the, I
0: noticed that too. It's oh so my god, funny. so funny! They but anyway, they find the
1: <laughs> they find the body, and they're like, and he's horrified, and he has like, I have to go confess right now. I have to go to confessions. I'm late, and it's like, oh my gosh, so he has to go confess to his. You think he has to go confess for this terrible thing that he's done? But the hilarious part is, he goes back over to his church, and really, he's just late for his like appointments yeah. for other people to confess to him. Yeah,
0: so he's just like, oh, I got to go, go confess. And he's just hearing other people's confessions. It's very funny. And guess funny. who it is guess in who the is. booth
1: there? A Sentinan certain Frankie mermaid. mermaid.
0: Frankie Mermaid, Carol's pimp. Now, oh, I, I guess we kind of skipped over a, a quick moment between Doug and Carol. Like they do have a moment mm-hmm. where they're talking and 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 <laughs> it actually was really funny. He finds out that she's... A sex worker and they, they use the word hooker in the movie and they're, he's like what you're a hooker and she's like and pre-med law nobody's surprised by that part and i was like that's <laughs> hilarious that's a great joke <laughs> um and then at one point he is like all upset that he's murdered someone and she is sort of like well no like what if you could use it like you could you could, like, do good with this. I, or what is her point? She, at one point, she Yeah, like, there's,
1: there's a lot of really terrible people.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of really terrible people. And you're a priest, you want to help people. Well, in my view, this is the first time you've ever actually done anything helpful by killing yeah, that guy who's going to kill me. I was like, and wow, was like, ouch. This is like... <laughs> I mean, there's nothing there there. But if you wanted to make a movie that exoriated the lack of active activity uh, or action from religious Mm -hmm. areas. I'm trying to be democratic and like... No, I know. Well, it's basically like
1: when people say like... Thoughts and prayers. Sending our prayers, yeah, to (laughs) this thing. And it's like, well, okay. And of course, like, yeah, we're, we're definitely straying into religion bashing territory <laughs> i know but, but. i did
0: i think this movie suddenly made an interesting point that is deeper than anything i expected from the movie yeah like, that's true what the hell and they never go back to it they never No, no like like delve deeper they just mention it and they move right on which i think is great um also so so i just wanted to mention that then the priest gets to confession it's the pimp in the confessional he starts smoking in there and he's like yeah, i can it's like, smoke you can't wherever smoke, smoke in here yeah
1: it's so i'm funny. fucking frankie mermaid
0: and and so he starts a confession and i just want to i just want to read his line that he says <laughs>
1: because it's so
0: brilliant he's like they go back and forth the priest is like well how long since your last confession he's like oh yeah yeah how much time you got a lot of stuff blah 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 and then he's like okay so what's your confession he's like well uh, I stole candy from a baby and then I threw the baby in the river. So it couldn't snitch, obviously. And I just fucking lost it. I was like, this, th- that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. It's brilliant. I'm going to finish this movie. It was amazing, but critically important to this story is the fact that this pimp then also confesses to the murder of two people who he thinks were parents of a priest in that very church that they were sitting in? And oh yes, guess I wonder who those been. were.
1: Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, I killed a couple of old people. <laughs> yeah, right there, right, right outside. Yeah, and then they're like, you know, this this priest guy came out and he was like, oh, my parents. <laughs> and of course, um, just in in Hulk esque situations. <laughs> the velociraptor, the inner velociraptor comes out of Doug whenever he's angry. And you can bet that it's very explicitly curtains for Frankie mermaid here because some raptor hands power through the barrier (laughs) and just slash him in the jugular.
0: It's so funny looking when he just is like, suddenly he's mad at this guy and he's like he's trying to keep his composure and then he loses it like you said in hulk fashion it's actually interesting his velociraptor powers are kind of all at once like it's like he's a werewolf or a were dinosaur but he's also the hulk but he also cut himself, and it seems like genetic, so it's like a Spider-Man kind of thing. It's sort of all yeah, of these things lumped it's into all one. all the things at once. Yeah. It's great. It's it's really well done. At first, I thought it only happened at night, but then it happens when he's angry, and then later on, he can kind of control it, and it's like, what? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't There's
1: There's no way to make it make sense, but that's fine. Yeah. It so happens then, when it needs to happen.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I just loved the image of him breaking through the the little mesh of the confessional with a raptor arm but you can see his <laughs> human face behind it on the other yeah. side like it's just so goofy it's amazing
1: so he kills it's just him. like oh yeah d- d- uber He's overkill dead. yeah and
0: is, a lot of people have died in this movie uh, to date
1: oh yes he goes back to carol and he talks about it and she's like how did it feel? And he's like, good. good." (laughs) And then, you know, thus begins their his embracing of this crime and, or terrible people destroying (laughs) plan that they had together. Yeah. But soon, because he's so absent and he's also always reading books that are not what he should be reading. Yeah. At one point he's reading a
0: book that just says crime on the front. And the, yeah. and Father Stewart comes in. And he's like, oh, and like grabs a Bible to put up in front of his crime book. Like he's he's I know supposed like it's to be, terrible to be religion reading that. And he's instead looking at criminal justice. It's so funny.
1: And of course, you know, Father Stewart's been kind of looking at his behavior and seeing him interact with Carol from a distance, and he's like, mm, hmm, because they have a budding romance, kind of. Sort of. And I think that. You know, yeah. Of course, Father Stewart is concerned about this. And so he confronts Doug about this. There's no messing about um, once Father Stewart really wants to get to the bottom of what's going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what's, what, what is going on? And Doug's like, nothing. It's fine. We're just friends. <laughs> He's like, really? <laughs> like, the whole time Doug has such, like, a childish attitude. And the actor who plays him does such a good job of making him both a really annoying but also, like, very enjoyable character. It's it's great.
1: He's such a funny blend of things. Like, he has this... He plays this kind of youthful innocence strangely well. Yeah. While also, like, looking kind of legit in, like, a jacket yeah. and stuff. And, like, I'm like, yeah. And he's also, like, pretty jacked.
0: <laughs> he is pretty jacked. They have a little... Oh, yeah, that's right. So, at this point... uh carol and doug agree like we'll only use the dino powers to kill bad people let's you know like kind of like batman right yeah um and then they have like a training montage and it's so funny it's like a perfect very like 70s 80s kind of style montage and it's so funny they really have a see, bunch like, of
1: different frames where he's doing different exercises at the same time. Yeah, and different parts going of the on screen in the background. And, yeah, yeah, it's
0: really again, it's 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 edited he well. Some, like they do some, some good kettlebell stuff. swings, good kettlebell form. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah, it was wild. I didn't know they had kettlebells in the 70s. That's why I thought it was a modern uh, set in the modern. Yeah, area, I didn't know velociraptors
1: fault. had the range of motion for that kind of hip action. It's pretty good. <laughs> that too.
0: It's amazing. Yeah, yeah uh, it was
1: pretty great. But of course, okay. Father Stewart confronts him, and because Doug still is goody two shoes, he kind of just lets it all out pretty easily. Yeah, he's and he's like, not trying to hide much. So I, yeah. And then of course that horrifies Father Stewart. He's like, you have to stop immediately. You've got to not talk to Carol. She's no good. And we've got to find an exorcist to get this demon out of you.
0: Yeah. At one point he's like, God doesn't want people. Anybody dead? And then Doug is like, I think God wants some people dead. <laughs> yeah. It's so. It's just magnificent. It's so dumb. So they need an exorcist. And thank God they find the weirdest fucking guy they could find <laughs> to do the exorcism. I Oh, I forget this guy's name. What was this his name? His name is Altair. Altair. Which is a
1: fantastic name. He looks like someone straight out of like the illusionist or something. Yes. Or the prestige. Yeah.
0: He's got this kind of like like <laughs> kind of like a voodoo witch doctor but also like a a cult satanist from the 80s kind of vibe. He's got the beard and the kind of long hair and like yeah, he's just a weird-looking guy. It's super funny. They come to his like little voodoo shop. Hi Momo. You want to... Okay, all right. There you go. <laughs> um, they. What was I saying? Sorry, Momo, my dog distracted me. Anyway, he's the guy who's going to do the exorcist. But at, at this point, the Doug doesn't sound all in on the exorcism. He's like nervous. He's sort of like this. This power is sort of useful. I'm using it to help. Like I don't know if I want this. And then there's a flashback. Which I got to admit, I don't know why this flashback happened. I, this was at a point in the movie either. where I was sort of like <laughs> losing <Yeah>. focus.
1: <laughs> that It was like, I thought that the flashback was to reveal that he once knew this guy earlier, Altair. Because I think I Altair so sort of defected from the church. At least that was my understanding of what I was seeing in that scene
0: hold on i'm sorry but <laughs> you see this
1: <laughs> oh my gosh momo
0: is attacking gg momo can you relax we're trying to re- <laughs> okay yeah chew the chew on that that's fine that's a where's the cheese my goodness single parents deserve a lot more credit this is hard <laughs> i'm trying to record a podcast momo you're being crazy anywho um sorry about that we can edit that no problem (laughs) (laughs) so i also thought altair altair uh i thought he was also momo hey can you not we're we're busy We're not... What is it? What? (laughs) This is why I should have just stayed in my home studio and let you guys hang out up here. My home studio. It's a room downstairs. Oh, well. All right, there you go. You got it. Now, let's be quiet. Okay. (laughs) Where were we? Ah, yes. I also thought Altair was... Going to be part of the flashback,
1: yeah. Because I thought, okay, it was like when Father Stewart sees him, it's like, oh, you know, it's been years. Yeah, there's, and like, I thought there were going to be some backstory they were going to reveal through this flashback. Nope, it's just the backstory of Father Stewart to Vietnam.
0: Yeah, in it, and they and they show it. They're like, oh, suddenly it's Vietnam, you know, decades ago, or at least I guess not decades ago because. Father Stewart yeah. looks the exact same age, although he they changed his hair color a little bit. Yeah, they um, have him a
1: little bit more golden than just white-haired.
0: Although I guess if this movie is supposed to be set in the 70s, Vietnam was not that long ago. So it's, I don't know. It's not clear how old that's supposed to be. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> it's all about, like, oh, the, the, the Viet Cong are doing things they're in the area. Oh, did... what the fuck else even happens in that flashback? <laughs> Honestly, this was a part of the movie where I was like got to the point where I was like I'm having a lot of fun. This movie's still 30 minutes too long and it's only an hour and 10 minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. it I I lost steam at somewhere around here. And so I'm forgetting exactly how this all went down. Oh, I remember. He Ali, who is Father Stewart's friend, asks whether Father Stewart has a girl back home, you know, in America, waiting Mm -hmm. for him for after the war. And Father Stewart's like, Yeah, this is my gal, Adelaide, or Adeline. And then uh, they're like talking about that. And then Ali is just absurd because at one point he's like, "When (laughs) When you get home, you should have three kids. No, five kids. No, you should have eleven kids with Adeline,
1: and name one of them
0: <laughs> after me, Ali. And like, it makes no sense. I don't think it had anything to do with the movie itself. It was just there. It was just there. <laughs> and just then, as it. he's
1: finishing saying that, he gets absolutely annihilated.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, he's Ali like, does. Your friend Ali. The. One who survived the war without a scratch. And then he gets blown up or shot instantly.
1: And Um, he's like, no.
0: Yeah. And Father Stewart's sad. And then Father Stewart's like sitting on a tree stump and then looks up. And then his gal Adeline is there in Vietnam all of a sudden. And she's like, oh, my God, Father Stewart or whatever she calls him. And she runs towards him. And he's like, Adeline, oh, my gosh. And then she suddenly blows up in front of him, and she, like, pops. Like, she goes from a full person to suddenly just a pop of blood onto Father Stewart. And one of his army buddies behind him says, I don't think I've, we can do anything for her. She's too far gone. And it was one of the funniest things <laughs> in the whole Like, movie. she's
1: literally pure liquid. Like
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I. I'd say she's too far She's gone. like Jell-O
1: that has been in the sun, <laughs> like like totally, completely liquefied.
0: Yeah. So absurd. And then,
1: yeah, he decides to, to turn to the church afterwards, and I guess that's how he got to where he is now. But it's like while all that's happening in this flashback, it just has like very little to do with what's going on in the room with Altair.
0: Yeah, who's trying to do an exorcism to rid Doug of the Velociraptor power. Right? We all remember that? Good. Because I had kind of forgotten it by the time this flashback ended, because it was so out of nowhere and nonsensical and whatever. It was very confusing.
1: (laughs) And it is working to get the Velociraptor out of him, kind of.
0: It is. So, uh, yeah. So, flashback ends. They cut back to the exorcism, and they keep asking, like, how do you feel? How do you feel? Is it a demon in there? Like, what's going on? And then, suddenly, he's like, oh, and the Dinosaur pops out and he kills Altair, doesn't he?
1: Whoops. David met
0: Father Stewart here.
1: No, he doesn't. He He slashes him and takes out his eye.
0: That's what it was. Yes, you're right. He takes his eyeball. You think
1: that you kill him. It looks like he kills him there, but it turns out, as you'll see in a later scene, that he actually doesn't.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. God, it's just so nuts. This whole movie. It felt like a fever dream watching it.
1: And Altair, you know, seeing this, and Doug runs away after this. He doesn't get Altair. Altair starts doing a maniacal, like, I've just released this creature upon the world, as if that was his plan the whole time. Yeah. Even though the creature was already released upon the world.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: He just goes, like,
0: ah, ha 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 actually not the only maniacal laughing that happens in this movie oh it either.
1: sure isn't
0: because there's another scene i actually don't know where this is placed in neither do i david but we should talk about it because it's important for the rest of the plot
1: momo yes.
0: i swear to goodness you're getting kicked out of the studio while we're recording next time <laughs> <laughs> it's it you're gonna keep barking unless i get this for you huh All right. So there is another scene that describes the villains of this movie, I guess. Which, well, Ben, what's what the hell's going on with them? It also is convoluted. confusion. What is going
1: on with them? (laughs) The main external villain or villains are a group of drug dealing. Christian ninjas that are from China.
0: Mm -hmm. A lot going on. They want to spread the ministry of Christianity around, and they want to do it by force.
1: And the way they're going to do it by force is by getting everybody hooked on an extremely highly addictive variation of cocaine and then cut off the supplies, which will lead the addicts to then seek the church where then he will use them as his army. Exactly. And the leader of this group, his name is Wei Chan. And as they're speaking, you know, again, this is like mixing a lot of different tropes on purpose, I guess, as I learned afterwards by, yeah, maybe I should find this quote um, in a second. But basically I'm like, hold on. Why are there ninjas and they're in China?
0: Yeah. For for and our also, listeners, um, ninjas are not from China; they're from Japan. Um,
1: I guess there might be some connection in the deeper past that has like oh, ties to possible. China, yeah. Totally. But like, it's not that's not what they're going for here. Yeah,
0: and they're and they're pretty clearly in this movie stylized as Japanese ninjas in mm-hmm. terms of their costuming and you know again it's all very cheap but it doesn't there's nothing that is like oh these are not your normal ninjas like no these are your classic ninjas but they're called from china and ben found that the the actor who plays wei chan his name is uh Ji Chang yang i'm hope i'm not butchering pronunciation but this actor was apparently speaking Korean and Mandarin and Cantonese. Right?
1: Yeah, there was and a quote fixing, from the director. Mitzing between who basically, them all. Yeah, I think this is the idea is like this is in the style of a 70s movie in which there was a lot of very generalized just like Asian fear mongering. Right. And they're playing to that by having all of these like mixes of things that doesn't make that don't make any sense by sort of homogenizing all of Asia into one idea here. So then he has a quote that says, for instance, ninjas are a Japanese thing. So naturally, it was very important to me that the ninjas only speak Korean, Cantonese, and Mandarin because dumb white people wouldn't have known the difference.
0: Which is true. I did not.
1: And then there was a mention that Ji Chang Young was totally game for all of it. I think he really loved playing around with being a cartoonish villain.
0: So there's some intentionality behind the making fun of the 70s, you know, movies like Enter the Dragon, these kind of kung fu movies that don't really care about like which Asian culture this character is from or where they are or what's going, you know, the, these movies back then did did not give a shit about that stuff. And so this guy was saying, I intentionally played around with that. Because this movie is inspired by those 70s pulp
1: So then it's like, it's one of those things we can talk about afterwards. It's like, does that mean that they get a pass on that? Right. It's maybe, or maybe not. I don't know, but we can come to that in a bit. Um, Totally. Because there's one character amidst this group of drug dealing ninjas, who's just this like American guy who's in there. And he has kind of like maniacal laugh offs. With Wei-Chan, so it's like, what's going on right now? But this dude is a- apparently important. He's kind of like the second in command. Mm-hmm. And what happens is Father Stewart then, you know, wakes up, actually. He doesn't get killed. He wakes up in the camp of these ninjas where the whole plan is explained to him. And again, Father Stewart, you know, thinks occurring. this idea is ridiculous. Yeah, he's like, What you can't you can't convert people like this, and then he's immediately killed. So he survives the Velociraptor attack just to have this dastardly plot explained to him and then is killed. But technically Doug does isn't the one that kills him. He doesn't right. kill his own mentor.
0: I guess I had missed something in the transition from Well, or maybe it just wasn't in the movie. <laughs> I'm like trying to be like, well, how did this happen? This is the kind of movie where it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how Jon Stewart, John Stewart. It doesn't
1: matter at all. Yeah.
0: It doesn't matter how Father Stewart goes from one place to the other because it, it maybe didn't happen. It, it maybe he didn't get from one place to the, the other. He just is there. All right. Deal with it. So, yeah, that's right. Jon Stewart. John Stewart. Oh, my God. That's both my cousins <laughs> and, you know, the Jon Stewart's name. If um, you
1: put a massive mustache on Jon Stewart, he wouldn't look that different than Father Stewart.
0: You're right. He w- Actually, yeah. That's a that's a very interesting idea. Put Jon Stewart in the sequel. I love that idea. Also, I'm sorry. This dog will not stop playing, so I'm trying to do it under here so that at least she's not barking. On that's DJ. fine.
1: Just you got to do what you right got to do.
0: Um, anyway. So we've now gotten to the point where the ninjas are here. They're coming after Doug. Do they even? It's say time why? for like
1: the. the it's basically the, time for the final battle because these guys are like, they're, the only thing that can stop them is the you know the dragon warrior, basically who is. The that's what it was. I forgot passer. about that
0: connection. You're right. Yeah, so that's Wei the Chien whole time like the dragon yeah, this, warrior. There had been many dragon warriors in China and now there's only one left and he's the only thing that can stop their plan. That's why, okay, that was the connection. So they have to stop
1: Doug. And so it's Doug and Carol who are actually attacked in their bed after they consummate their relationship.
0: Oh yeah, they do have sex. Which sort of
1: like that does uh, indicate that Doug is rejecting the church at this point after that failed exorcism. Yeah. And... They wake up and then just like totally kick the asses of all the ninjas.
0: I loved that Carol just somehow knows Kung Fu. Like like she just gets up and like f- there's actual like fight choreography. It's not great, but it's fun. And she yeah. does awesome. She kicks ass. And I was like, what? There's nothing in her character that made me think that she knows how to do this. But hell yeah. All I'm the better. Also, the fact that Doug, when not in dinosaur form, also knows kung fu—I know—it's like, hilarious. Wh- why? Where? Who cares? Doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. So they go outside, and they, you know they—they they have to get ready for like this is sort of like final battle, yeah, approaching.
0: It's like very like oh the the boss is here now.
1: Yeah. So it's time to confront another crew of these ninjas led by Sam, who is the American dude that's over there. Mm -hmm. And Sam reveals that he's actually Doug's brother. And in all the flashback scenes that have already happened earlier in the movie with Doug and his parents, they realize that his brother was actually there too, but completely and utterly ignored in absurd fashion. Like Doug's dad saying, Doug, you're my only son and I'll always be proud of you. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sam is just in the back of the car. Yeah. Like <laughs> So, he's been waiting for his revenge for quite a while. They
0: do such a good job because this flashback actually happens earlier in the movie where mm-hmm. Doug is thinking about his parents and stuff. And they don't show this kid Sam. And then in this new when Sam is like, "I'm your brother." Doug is like, what? And they do the flashback, the same flashback again, but then the camera just like turns a little bit and suddenly Sam is there. So it actually was very fucking funny. Yeah, and it was kind of clever and
1: so ridiculous because he's like, don't you remember me, your brother? And Doug is like, no. Yeah, and he doesn't remember. It's so funny. It's so funny. And they have this kind of battle together and there's no Velociraptor action yet. And... yeah. In the perhaps most strange part of the movie that I've seen, there's like a sword on the ground that they have to get while they're dueling, and Doug straight up uses telekinesis to take his oh, sword yeah. and kill and kill Sam. I forgot about that. There's a what moment the hell was where, that?
0: where brother Sam has this sword. It looks like a special sword. I don't know. He's like, I won't. I will not let the the sword of my ancestors. He's like, my
1: ancestors are yours too, or something. Yeah, your ancestors are
0: my ancestors. Yeah. And so he can also, like, like, force, use the force and pull the sword to him. But there's no indication that Sam could do that. It made, it it was like, and why can you do, why do you have magical powers? It's, whatever, it doesn't matter. And it only shows up in this fight scene. What? Yeah. And
1: meanwhile, you know, (laughs) after that, Doug and Carol fight off like a billion more ninjas Mm -hmm. and they're just totally destroying until one of them slashes Carol, like the special villain that comes out of the tent Yeah, that was there in the grass. Sort of
0: like, you know, in uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, there's all these bad guys, but then there's that one special bad guy with the sword who Mm -hmm. like pops out and there's like a big deal made about this bad guy. And in yeah. Indiana Jones, he just shoots him and goes on his way. Very famous moment. But that's sort of what this felt like. It was like, there's all these background bad guy actors, and then suddenly there's one that's like, for some reason, the scarier one.
1: Yeah, and, but she just walks straight up to Carol, who's been kicking ass this whole time, and just massively slashes her across the midsection. And it was like,
0: oh. Yeah. To, holy to crap. the ante of the stakes.
1: Yeah. And then the the main villain... The leader of the ninja crew, Wei Chan, comes out and shoots Doug with an arrow that has like a special anti turning into a dinosaur venom in it.
0: What did he call it? It was the antidote to the dragon warrior curse or something like that. Yeah. And he shoots him
1: in the leg. And it looks like Doug might be curtains as, you know, he strides over, gloating about how they have this special formulation to stop him. And then he just goes like, but it didn't affect my hands. Or like, what did he say? My hands are immune? Think, yeah. Something like it that. It looks
0: like my hands have immunity or something like that. What and his, are you talking about? His hands come into frame and they're dinosaur hands like strapped to him and, <laughs> and his like leather jacket sleeves are just put over the, the bottom of these gloves. It's so fucking funny.
1: Oh, I forgot to say actually. In the rest of the battle when they're fighting all the rest of the ninjas, he is in a full dinosaur rubber suit. Yeah, we find For the first time the you see costume. and it has like a it has like a big hunchback and just looks so awkward. Like the <laughs> dinosaur suit that we had at Cal Academy a few years ago looks
0: way more real than so that does. Real. Even it's those, so funny. You know those inflatable T-Rex costumes? Oh yeah. Those look better than this. But this costume looks more expensive than the <laughs> That's inflatable <true>. things. <laughs> it's like oh it my looks God, both, it's both so more expensive funny. and worse than the inflatable things. It's so funny. It's another honestly. I think it's a testament to them that they knew hold back on the full reveal of this costume because just like Jaws, it will land better. And unlike Jaws, it wasn't. It didn't land better because it was scarier to not see it that whole time. It landed better because the full absurdity of what the actual costume is is finally revealed. And its it looks so much worse than I expected it to. I know, me too. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, anyway, so
1: I forgot to mention that. And so right when the arrow with the anti-dragon serum hits him, they do like a flash cut between frames of him like turning back into a human. So it's not actually, there's no like fast transformation on camera. It's just like, Here is him as a dinosaur. Here is him as a human. Let's just flash those back and forth really fast next to each other. And then now he's a human, except for his hands, I guess. But we don't really see that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. So 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 anyway. So anyway, he gets his... So he gets shot with the anti-dragon warrior uh, whatever. But it doesn't affect his hands. So he still has dinosaur hands. So he grabs uh, the head of the bag... What's his name again? Wei-Chan. Wei-Chan, thank you. He grabs Wei-Chan's head and pulls it off his body. But the instant he grabs his head, it is, uh, again, it's a mannequin head. And it,
1: and it's like a small one. It's
0: like a small, yeah. It's like sort of has gotten like pasted eyebrows on to sort of look like Yeah, pasted actor.
1: eyebrows and mustache and little goatee. But like,
0: oh my God, it is so funny. And it's I think so they funny. actually, the actor who plays Wei-Chan's character is bald, like shaved head. Mm-hmm. And so they just use a bald mannequin head. Mannequin, it yeah. It works. so it's funny. so funny.
1: And he just screams like, Aah! Yeah. For, you know, they hold on those shots of him screaming while, you know, slashing people and whatever, just much oh longer than you'd ever expect every time. The and whole, so that's part of the bit.
0: The whole reason this movie is an hour and 15 minutes and not 40 minutes is because of all the times he's screaming and they hold that shot for like, 13 seconds which is like a weird amount of time it's like oh it's so bizarre
1: and meanwhile carol who ostensibly died earlier after getting slashed you know they cut to the hospital oh yeah Where apparently apparently doug has like you know taken her there somehow despite (laughs) having an arrow in his leg which doesn't seem to be affecting him and her being just like (laughs) super gone it seemed and the doctor just comes out With a huge smug smile on his face To the waiting room like Well we did it
0: (laughs) Yeah Yeah. Don't
1: you want to go see her and he's like You bet I do
0: I think he literally says that it's so Tongue in cheek silly And he
1: just the doctor comes and sits down And just starts lighting up an old cigarette That was in an (laughs) ashtray
0: Yeah. (laughs) That should have been of course It's the 70s we didn't even notice that
1: That's true oh my god that's so Funny
0: but my favorite I think my favorite part in the whole movie is he goes into the wait or into the you know the patient's room where where Carol is sitting,
1: just sitting as if she's in like a dentist chair yeah
0: she had been slashed across her entire torso by a samurai sword or a ninja sword, a Chinese ninja sword excuse me and she's just sitting there and he comes in and she's like i they they said I'm fine. he's like you're fine. She's like, I'm fine. And then you see text over everything on screen that just says she's fine. Yeah, it's well, so <laughs> wild. The choices these yeah. filmmakers make Well, and made she asks, so she insane. like,
1: she like has him lean all the way in so he can she can whisper in his ear. Yeah. I'm fine. Oh my god, it's so funny. And she's fine. She's fine. Oh my god. And then they, you know, they they again cut to them outside he's looking awesome in like a leather jacket and some tight jeans. Yeah. He's suddenly standing
0: in front of a green Chevrolet Chevelle that has not been in this movie at all yet, but now suddenly apparently is his car. I don't know. Yeah. You make a
1: lot of money as a (laughs) Velocipastor, but well, he's no, he's a Velocipastor no more because he has now officially left the church and he plans on, you know, traveling with Carol and, Going back to their life of vigilante justice, mm-hmm. but then they're like, "She's like, so what are you gonna do now?" And he's like, "What I do best," and he just starts kissing her. Yep. And it was like, "Wow, end. what a movie!"
0: And that's the end. It was such a wild ride. I, my dad was talking to me because we we did Ten Thousand BC, the movie, most recently. And my dad was asking, like, should I, you know, should I check it out? And I was like, you know, honestly, I don't know if I'd recommend you watching that movie because it was, like, big budget bad. But this mm-hmm. movie, The Pastor, I think everyone should watch because it's low-budget good. And that is a completely different viewing experience compared to Big Budget Bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I don't I was kind of like, so I saw a couple of stills that revealed the like rubber suit battle at the end of this movie, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh boy, like this is beyond Sharknado territory. Like this is going to be a terrible movie. Yeah,
0: no and, VFX whatsoever in this one. But All like practical. it's so
1: like I guess you could say the potential Achilles heel in a movie like this is that it's like too self-aware mm-hmm. like it's like almost smugly self-aware of what they're doing here right but in my mind this cuts it just barely on the positive side of that yeah. where it's not annoying and it's just funny yeah i think and it actually has like yeah within what you were saying like they use some filmmaking t- tricks and tools really well mm-hmm
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. I think this is a very well-made movie that just had an extremely low budget and an idea that was just so absurd and they really committed to the absurdity of the idea. And I think they really did a great job. I think you're totally right. There are some movies that are too self-aware and too, like, tongue-in-cheek or wink-wink, nudge-nudge, like, see what we're doing. And I think there were some moments in this movie that were a little too much. Like uh, I, I saw a review, I forget who wrote it, that mentioned that some of the maniacal laughter went on for just too That's, long. Yeah. I and agree. I agree with that critique. I think there were certain things where it's like, okay, like, come on, like let's let's move on. I get it. I get the joke is that they're laughing funny. Yeah. And maybe it's because I've seen too many of the Muppet movies where the maniacal laughter <laughs> is a like running joke in the Muppets. Uh And so that bit didn't land as well for me as bits like, I think, Oh shit. What, what did she say? At one point, uh, Carol, I think Doug was saying like, Oh, you know, you you could get a, a better job or, you know, do something other than sex work. And, and she says something like there aren't a lot of, uh, or prospects for, hooker lawyer doctors aren't that, you know, there aren't that many things I can do.
1: And I was like, what the
0: fuck? Because she mentions she's in pre-med law and sex working her way through school. I've got to say say
1: that the actress that plays Carol, Alyssa (laughs) Kempinski, is really good in this movie. I think so too. She's really, really good in this movie. (laughs) Really good. I was like, so like... I just was taken aback by, like, how earnestly she plays everything. Yeah. And it doesn't seem cheesy. Like, it actually is just, like, well-played and strangely not over the top, despite all this stuff going on in the background that's just unbelievably strange.
0: I totally agree. I think that there are some characters who do it a little over the top, like uh, Frankie Mermaid, and his character demands (laughs) to be over the top, and that works. And Carol's character, I think, is super weird and strange, but because she plays it like, oh, I'm just your regular uh, hooker who also is a lawyer, who also is a your doctor, you know, whatever the hell she is, like, she plays it really well and believably, and so, yeah, I agree. She's fantastic in this movie.
1: Yeah, and the the actor that plays the Velocipastor I think also nails it too, which is critical because they're carrying this film and the side characters are just interesting and kind of flavorful enough to really make the journey not drag Mm -hmm. at any point. But you know, the majority of the time is spent with the Velocipastor. I guess the actor's name is Gregory James Cohen. I know we haven't named everyone here, but just some positive call outs here. Yeah. And he has to bear a lot of burden of like basically flexing his muscles and sweating a lot in this movie and having it, like, not become too much. But also, he just pours himself into it to the extent that it prevents it from just seeming annoying.
0: Yeah, totally. I totally agree. I think everyone committed to this project, and they understood what was going to be fun about it and what was going to make it work. And I think they honestly did... An amazing job, almost across the board. Like there are things that I would have done differently had I made this movie. I would have made it a little bit shorter. I would have made certain things like a little bit clearer. But honestly, I think it's just it's astounding that they were able to make this movie, and for thirty five thousand dollars. I mean, you shouldn't be able to make even a decent short film on on that small a budget. I know some people are probably like thirty five thousand dollars is a lot of money. When you're making a a movie, money goes away quick. And a lot of things can get really expensive. And there's a lot of things you got to think about, like transportation of your actors and, you know, feeding people on set. All these other things that cost tons of money that we don't necessarily think of when we're thinking about, like, well, to make a movie, a camera is expensive. Well, yeah, but there's all these other things going on, too. And so I think they just did a solid job with this movie. And I know the director has mentioned wanting to make a sequel, and I'm here for it. I cannot wait to see what the next Velocipaster is about.
1: <laughs> yeah, this, this movie really surprised me, and I'm, I'm glad we finally saw it, because I feel like it's been like on the periphery, on our radar for quite a long time. Yeah,
0: I think you mentioned it as a movie we could do before we even recorded our first episode of this podcast. Probably a so. A year and a half ago. Yeah. That's crazy. We did it.
1: We did it. I don't think there's <laughs> very much science to talk about in this. Yeah. Which is fine. <laughs> this is because just a fun one. <laughs> we'll have plenty of opportunity to talk about those things in a time very soon. Yes. But uh, I think that just about does it for Velocipaster.
0: That's yeah. I mean we're we're our our episode talking about this is just coming up on the amount of time it took to watch the movie. That feels good and right. I think so. (laughs) Man. Okay. So, Ben, out of, let's say, five
1: bone clones. Bone clones.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Out of five bone clones, how many would you give the VelociPaster?
1: I'm going to give 3.9 bone clones. That's solid. It's that's like good. it's yeah. it's like reaching the asymptote of a four-star movie <laughs> but like you know a couple of things like the maniacal laughter situation and just like the gross insensitivity of it which yeah it's one of those things where it's like I feel like for some people it'll be like that's hilarious and for some people it'll be like this is too far yeah and it'll exactly. just depend on it's which it's angle you're offensive. but it it's, it yeah. it does do a pretty good job of basically even handedly lampooning everything. Mhm.
0: That's a good point. nothing is really sacred to this movie. Oh, uh, that's for sure. And and I think that, that that benefits it excuse me. That benefits it because it can take swings at anything or not. And either way, <laughs> no one's going to take it seriously as I no. don't think anyone should. Like if anybody's upset and offended, at the way this movie treats Catholicism. I think y'all should go watch the show Midnight Mass on Netflix. If you really want to see something, take actual (laughs) swings at Catholicism and do very well. It's a perfect show, by the way. Um, But yeah, this is, I loved it. I think I'm going to give this one a 4.0 because every once in a while, you come across a movie that should be bad should have nothing going for it. Should have, you know, even people who stay up to watch it because it's free on cable TV super late at night. I think there's something in it for every, not for everyone, obviously, but I think there's <laughs> something there that makes it so much more fun than a lot of the movies that studios are making these days. It just is an excuse to be silly and weird and not think too much hard about it. Uh, and yeah, think too much hard about it is a phrase I just said.
1: Yeah, don't and think and too recorded. much hard about it and you too can become a <laughs>
0: Velocipaster. <laughs> Actually, great. Also, can I just say the the um, tagline on the movie poster for this is A Man of the Claw. Brilliant. Just brilliant. It's so funny. It's so ridiculous. (laughs) At first, I was like, I don't get it, but Man of the Cloth is what many people call priests. And I was like, oh, okay, that's funny.
1: Yeah, it's very clever. I guess, okay, this is my final parting word about this movie. Okay. Is that I know we're not talking about the science, but there is actually zero indication that this animal is actually a velociraptor at any point. It does not have a sickle claw on its toe. So... Just going to throw that out there. Well, it could say Velocitherapod. Yeah. <laughs> or pasta theropod Pastotheropod. theropod. Yeah, that sounds like a theropod made of pasta. That
0: were, actually, yeah. That's the movie All Right.
1: That sounds amazing. <laughs> Plate of pasta but anyway, yeah, dime, no indication so. that this is really a Velociraptor. However, the artifact does come from China, <gasps> and Velociraptor's range... Probably would have included parts of modern China. If that so, is the
0: only reason that they decided China for where he goes, that's some solid science.
1: Yeah, we can say, yeah, this this movie is founded firmly in science. And <laughs> go on with your lives and don't be like Doug when he says, I can't be a dinosaur. I don't even believe dinosaurs existed. <laughs>
0: there's so many I tried to write down all of the lines they're quotable lines like this movie I think could be a perfect like midnight movie theater showing mm-hmm. like a uh, the room or Rocky Horror Picture show yeah like it for has sure. that level of of pizzazz and and character to it that and it's got all these really memorable lines which of course I'm not remembering right now, but there's so many that are just like brilliant little one-liners in it that yeah, some movie theater somewhere should just start showing it at midnight. People will flock to it.
1: Yeah, like a flock. They're uh modern day they're animals. flocking this way.
0: <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Folks, that's The Velocipastor. What a movie.
1: And this has been Real Beasts. We'll be back sometime soon that's right you've got much to look forward to my friends thank you all for listening thank you ben for joining me always a pleasure thank you david and we'll talk to you soon bye